Oh, God. You know what? I thought I missed this. You should have known better. I, really I knew thought. I did. I did everything I could to get everyone here so I could just start wailing on you. But I tried. Oh, oh dear God. What did I get myself into? Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 72. On today's episode, I did it. I got everyone together for one last Combinations and Permutations episode. Really, it was for my much better other show, Relatively Prime, which you should probably be listening to instead of this, but hey, here you are. So listen to us talk about what we, as mathematicians, do all day. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that is one last time coming to you from the mailroom in CDC Building 7 here at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. That is right, everyone. We're back. Yeah, and that sigh is probably probably the response that everyone else is having right about now, because no one wanted this. No one. There's been no clamoring. I've received no emails. Samuel at AcmeScience.com. I'm getting that in fast, everyone. Samuel at AcmeScience.com. Personal email address. You all probably already know that. Uh, but no, no one wanted this. No one asked for it. <laughs> I, There's I, no surprise there. Yeah, I, I actually didn't really want to do this myself, but you know what? It, it had to be done. Uh, and so, it, as it, always, it really didn't. <laughs> as always, uh, joining me, I have a panel of people who used to be grad students. That's different. And and one grad student. I still have one grad student and uh, me and a couple of other people who used to be grad students here at UNLV. And that that's why we used to do this. Oh, oh, and once again, we are some sort of like math show where we tangentially talk about math and make jokes, except none of us are funny. Think so for yourself, Sam. <clears throat> Man, cutting edge humor. We're all way funnier than you. Is the bleeding edge of comedy. Uh, okay, I want to point out, I never said that you weren't funnier than me. I just said that we weren't funny. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's well okay. ordered. That's it's fine. Just... <laughs> uh, so I guess that means that once again I have to introduce everyone. And so I guess first up, uh, you know, I'm just going to go in order of when they first appeared on one of these podcasts. So uh, I have a panelist that was on the very first show. The very, very first show. And if any of you want to be very, very annoyed at poor audio quality, I suggest you go back and listen to this guy's voice on that first episode, <laughs> Mr. Nathan Rowe. Ah, ah, yeah! Um, thank, thank you, everybody, for your excitement. Uh, it's good to be here. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone who joined us like 20 or 30 episodes in, I don't know. I don't really care. Really he... Have- he kind of he kind of hates me, and he sort of always has uh, Mr. Brandon Metz. Only slightly, Sam. I wouldn't say Brandon lean forward. Wouldn't say it's Sean, not like I it, it, our, our next our, our 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 final guest is trying to take a, a take a picture of all of us. So it's, we all need to lean forward. We're gonna. This is the first on air selfie we've ever done. <laughs> Selfies weren't a thing back back when we used to. Uh, so so the person who just who just took a picture uh, joined us quite late on. Like years, years, literal years into the show, and two now, of them. That's how you two. Yeah. <laughs> two years, uh, and now, and now, as far as I can tell, uh, is is still a grad student, but essentially just only rides his bike all the time. Mr. Sean Breckman, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? See, that is professionalism, right there. <laughs> oh, is that what this is? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? I totally missed the memo on that one. Yeah, I'm not interested. Didn't uh, you know I'm a professional podcaster? Oh, oh, is that what you are? <laughs> no, no, I, I actually am. I get paid to do this by people like Nathan and Sean and 300 some other people who so kindly gave me $15,000. You son of a gun. I gave you, I forgave you money. Not my fault. <laughs> you gave me money for the first Technically, one. Technically, <laughs> his mom was the gun. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh God, I I remember I remember thinking that this used to be a good show. I remember I, that. No, it wasn't. None of us, none of the rest of us. I went back and listen, I went back and listened to some of these. I was like, what the heck were we what doing? What did you go back? 
Oh, this is a while ago. Oh, I, I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> you never listened he to a the single door episode. episode. You didn't even That's listen true. to Relatively Prime, the actual uh, good show that I made. Yeah, the I good show that you podcast. funded. You paid yeah. money for that. No, no, no. <laughs> I paid money for the upcoming season, which I will also not listen to. Just <laughs> because <laughs> you pay doesn't mean you have to listen. That's not. That wasn't. Okay, so on every episode of of Relatively Prime, we eventually get around Relatively Prime. On every episode of Relatively Prime, that also true. This is not Relatively Prime. This is combination and permutations there you go. Uh, and this is also going to appear as a part of relatively prime all this is going to be edited out on that one because that's actually a good show um <laughs> it is it's it's a legitimately good show everyone go listen to it relprime.com stop listening to this bullshit it's dumb um <laughs> listen to it to the end then go <laughs> um and and so I, every time on combinations and permutations we have some sort of a topic and I don't tell the guests what the topic is, because why should I let people be prepared and ready to talk about a subject? Yeah, that is that is how it works. It's like old times. But, but I don't know if any of you have noticed, I don't have a computer in front of me right now. Which means that the topic that we're going to talk about is not on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> which is Which is kind of out of the ordinary for us, because usually, what, you expect me to just pull out my phone? Just like Wikipedia on my phone while we're talking? I'm not no. doing it. I'm not doing it this time. No Wikipedia. Time. We're a Wikipedia-free episode of Combinations and Permutations. Maybe the first one. Changing the format at the very end. I yeah. remember in one of the earliest episodes, you gave everybody, like, handouts and said, <laughs> and said read this and, and, and be prepared to talk to about it. And nobody read it. And I think that's why you decided <laughs> that from then on you just wouldn't tell us in advance. Yeah, that, that is, that's 100% true. That is 100% the truth. Uh, and so... The topic on, on this episode, which ties into an episode of Relatively Prime, because as I said, this is going to be a segment on Relatively Prime, is what do mathematicians do? Uh, and which is why I want to talk to all of you, because all of you are not mathematicians. mathematicians. You are all mathematicians. <laughs> you always pick topics we don't know anything about. <laughs> you see, we're all mathematicians, but it depends so on who true. you ask. If you ask my mom, I'm a mathematician. If you ask Anyone on my committee? Eh, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, so you are you are maybe since you don't have a piece of paper uh, from a graduate program yet, you are maybe the person who is least likely to qualify themselves as a mathematician. But you are you do mathematics as a job, and as far as I'm concerned, in my mind, that is what that is what. Uh, that is what a mathematician is, is that is bitch. someone who, who gets paid to do mathematics. And I'm, I'm holding here right now uh, Nathan Rowe's business card, which says Nathan Rowe, mathematician. So I guess that means that we're going to start with Nathan. Nathan, uh, what yeah. do you do? Yeah, what do you do, Nathan? Very little math. But, but I mean, honestly, what is, like, we don't need to get into this question, but as, as we've defined on 70-some episodes of this show, mathematics is essentially anything. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so all I do is math. What are you doing? So, so, so Nathan, here, like, you, you, don't, you don't work in, you're not an academic. No. So, so you no. work in industry. So, well, so tell know. us about about like the industry you work in what you do like what your day-to-day -day actually is um somehow I, I i mostly do the work of a software engineer um so i'm i'm writing i'm writing code in in c sharp c plus plus really algorithmic code um usually things that the other the other people couldn't do because it was a little bit too mathy so whenever math gets involved in algorithms <laughs> Then I get them, and so I think of them as the fun problems. Everybody else thinks of them as terrifying. Um, so, it's a bunch of babies, and that's and that's what I did in my previous job, which Sean's doing now, I guess. Kind of. So, <laughs> so uh, it's so like, but yeah. what like the industry you're in? Like, what is it? Like, what is like? What are some of these problems? Okay, so right, I currently work for a 3D printing company called Full Spectrum Laser or FSL 3D, and. Um, I do computational geometry type of stuff that, that uh, such as um, ca calculating the volume of a three-dimensional object that's defined by a triangular mesh, um, which is really easy. There's really well-known algorithms. You just loop through the triangles and, and sum up cones, and some of them have negative value because of the... You, you multiply by the... Um, uh, I don't know. Instead of, instead of multiplying by the distance to the center of the cone, you multiply by the dot product of your 
position with the yeah, no one cares. The surface, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so some of them are positive, some of them are negative, and then it ends up calculating a volume, but only with a well-formed mesh. Um, and so that's where things get a little bit interesting because no no meshes are well-formed, um, and that's that's kind of the, the fun and interesting part of all 3D printing problems. And everyone just stopped listening. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. many pause buttons. I have so many questions. It's not even, it doesn't begin. Um, like, what do you mean by well-formed mesh? What do you... So, I, so this could, is what I defines a mathematician, yeah. <laughs> right I, there. Yeah, that I, is what defines a mathematician. I, I can define it pretty well. Like, like a, a nice, well-formed mesh would be manifold and closed, and uh, I guess watertight. But that closed would imply watertight. Um, and then you never get that. You never get that in practice. There's always self intersections. There's always things where 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 the uh, um, I can't I, remember the last Klein bottle I ran into in the real world, but hey. No, no, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I run into, you go, to, go to more math conferences. You can almost always buy Klein bottles at math conferences. You really should invest in one of those. Just there, like There's really funny. Uh, my friend Matt Parker actually has a uh, Klein bottle beanie uh, his, that his mom knit for him. Uh, you, you can actually find Matt Parker, uh, Matt Parker, a former guest on this show uh, uh, back in... Back in the good old days, there's a live episode that was recorded with him. Uh, well, live meaning not in a not in like a room. It was at a conference, uh, and he just had a book called uh, "Things to Make and Do in the Fourth Dimension" uh, that he had published, and so he had. Uh, and so his mom actually once knit him a like a stocking cap that was a Klein ball. I'm on one of those. Is that not where I wear, but. I'd, yeah, you live, in, you live in Las Vegas. You don't have much. comes out of your mouth. I sometimes go to the East Coast. <laughs> the real question is, how would you know if you were wearing it? How do you know if it's inside? Yeah. <laughs> you know which side is the right side? Oh. Sorry, I know you had such a nice response, Nathan, and everything, and I just ruined that. So, so Sean, uh, it, Nathan mentioned that uh, he, used, he used to do a job that you now do. And, and so you do... Two different jobs, because since you're still a student, you're still doing research for your dissertation, mm -hmm. but you also are working in industry. So if you start start talking about, uh, first off, your industry uh, work. Uh, uh, one of the, well, okay. Uh, I work at a small Well, okay, small really? That, that's where you're going? That's, I work at a small... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I work at a small company called Telesecurity Sciences. Uh, like Woo! Eight, well, yeah, we're like eight, nine <laughs> oh, people <shit>. total. Uh <laughs> The company, uh, we do a lot of things, but a lot of it boils down to an area of expertise that the CEO and the CTO have, and that's in, um, X, basically, it's just in x-ray imaging. There, uh, but that spans a lot of industries, so we have contract work in defense that, uh, and, and I use defense loosely, it's for the TSA. We're really committed to keeping bottled water out of the sky. It was just a. Uh, it was just something. Did you? I want to point out. It like, just failed something have, really huge recently. I, I <laughs> all the weapons got oh, yeah, all, yeah. Like, what? 97%. Good job, Sean. That came out last 60, week when I read 60, about it. Yeah. 63 out of 67 or something like that got through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to point out. Pass rate. I have never gone through a millimeter wave. Scanner. Oh, Seriously, I've gone through you every single left time from this airport. Yeah. No, I will not go through it at this airport either. I have a bad shoulder. I cannot hold my arm above my head. Yes. I don't have to go through those things. Oh, what do you do instead? I, I you just go through. Yeah, but if you say that, horrible. you don't get. Uh, they don't get annoyed with you. Uh, whereas if you just say I opt out, they get annoyed with you. So oh. I, I and I actually do have a don't bad shoulder. Like people in here know that I. I didn't know I that. Destroyed my shoulder pretty badly. Uh, I, I semi recall back. that. Uh, and oh no, I do recall it now. It's all coming back to me. Sadly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. I did. I was I was in a sling for a while. It's sad because I forget so uh, much about and, you. Yeah, and so yeah, I probably <laughs> knew that and just, uh, just chose to forget. <laughs> uh, and and so yeah, I've like I've never been through one of the scanners. I'm sure that you've done work, or at I'm, least well, one of you has done work on. That, well, that's the thing is like that. We do a lot of things that are even just barely related to that work. Like I just spent a year. Uh, with a couple of guys writing software that just converts file formats for those machines. I'm telling you, it's it's it's, ladies and gentlemen, major in math. It's very exciting. Uh, 
But the, w- the company also does a lot of work with uh, healthcare, uh, like health imaging. So like, uh, there's lots of different ways uh, that like X-ray, CT scans. Like, oh yeah, because I mean, you have you have X-ray, you have CT, you have MRI, you right. have a like. We uh, only deal with X-ray. Of, okay. We really only deal with X-ray. But actually, I mean, when I was there, before Sean was there, that same company did work with some of the full body scanners, but the okay. X-ray-based full body scanners that ended yeah. up Oh, yeah. So, like, shown. that's the CT. Yeah. And, like, I myself wrote, like, I looked at a lot of naked humans, and I wrote a crotch detection algorithm <laughs> to try and, Boy, to try and localize, like, because that's one of the key, I mean, where the legs con- connect is an important, like, joint in the body where we're thinking, and so I wrote an algorithm based on, you know, convolving with some crazy V-shaped kernel and... Oh. And I found I found those crotches. I although although it's, crotches it sounds located. fascinating. That is staying in. This is what they call machine learning. Right? <laughs> so, so like right now, what are you, what are you working on currently? Uh, right now, I am doing mostly uh, proposal writing uh, and report writing for an NIH grant that the company received. It's an SBI, like a small business innovative research grant that the company received to do work in a special kind of uh, x-ray scanner it's a it's a it's a tumor tracking scanner basically but the way the way this thing works there's a new type or i don't know if it's really new i don't know enough about the industry to know if this is new or old but there is a type of therapy now where doctors are hitting tumors with x-rays to, to kill but, them. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a well, new They've been one. using radiation yeah. therapy for a so, but yeah. like now, this, I don't know this, if it was specifically this specific x-rays. one is, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this scanner, what the scanner does, which is reasonably novel, is that when a, when a patient lays on the bed, every treatment beam is also an imaging beam. So you can actually look and measure how what got hit with the dose how much energy went into the target and you can see it with a picture and then you can actually also reconstruct all of these into a nice uh nearly 3d looking thing you you can resolve tumors better than uh, just a standard projection uh, x-ray not as good as an mri but the problem with an mri is that if you have if someone on mri and you try to dose them you don't you have no way of registering how much energy went into a tumor. You just can't. There's no, you can't mechanically measure this. So that I'm not doing any of this. I'm just writing about it and trying, and I'm learning how to articulate what's going on, which is actually incredibly difficult. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what my, I guess my uppercase P professional work. Uh, <laughs> so, so then what do you, <laughs> what do you say you do here? <laughs> I work with people, <laughs> which, which incidentally is what I do. Like. <laughs> so then, so then, as a still as a grad student, which is, I mean, it, that's a that's a major part of any mathematician's life. Like it, it really is. Like if you're going to be a mathematician, you are going to be a grad student at some point. Uh, so, I, what about what are you doing uh, as a as a grad student right now? Uh, all of those things I just said are completely irrelevant to what I do as a student. Uh, I, my research is in uh, numerical analysis of fluid flow models. And there are, there are lots of different paradigms. Uh, many, many listeners might be familiar with the Navier-Stokes model, which is the physical model for not incompressible fluid flow. So incompressible Navier-Stokes is where, I, is where I do a lot of my work. But there's, uh, depending on the problem that you're trying to model, you use a different paradigm, uh, a, a different model, so to speak. Uh, so if, uh, because doing numerical analysis on Navier-Stokes uh, for any real problem is actually an incredibly expensive uh, endeavor. It's uh, computationally expensive. If you want to resolve even a 2D problem uh, with a reasonably high Reynolds number and resolve uh, those swirly eddies, that's actually very, very difficult uh, to do depending on the Reynolds number. So for high Reynolds number problems, uh, you get these really, really tall, these really small, or we call high energy uh, eddies or swirls in the fluid, which are difficult. You need a very, 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 very tight, small mesh to resolve those. Uh, there, one way to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to rephrase that a little bit. Uh, engineers often, depending on the problem, don't care about those super small, super high energy eddies. 
because they account for very little of uh, what... So, for example, a wing on an airplane. Uh, air has an incredibly high Reynolds number, and but it's super small eddies not going to blow the wing off of an airplane. We don't really care about that. So typically what happens, and if you want to model the big or large eddies, uh, what one way, one method to do that is, it, it's literally verbatim, it's called large eddy simulation. <laughs> uh, so what large eddy... Man, large eddy <laughs> kicked my ass back in grade school. Large eddy simulation <laughs> is, it's, uh, it's actually really straightforward, but instead of resolving uh, the super high energy eddies, those really, really small eddies, uh, what you do is you actually just model them. You model them, uh, and typically this is done with a filter of some sort. So you can think of a, a, a convolution uh, that, if, if you can cook up a convolution that spatially filters out these eddies, but still uh, accounts for them in a certain way, and that doesn't perturb greatly, it doesn't really perturb the larger eddies. You've kind, you might be able to find a best of both worlds situations. You get the. It just get, sounds like a low pass filter. That's exactly what it is. Okay. It's a low pass filter. You know, I will actually be applying a low pass filter to this entire conversation. That sounds that. great. <laughs> it probably sounds better. It, 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 it does. Takes, takes some of the shrill out of Brandon's. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, I got uh, that of would be a, Oh no, that that's <laughs> a high, yeah, yeah low pass. Yep, yeah. Yep. I'm, Shoot, I'm, I'm actually going to be. A, Applying a high, high pass, pass filter. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. The joke <laughs> almost worked. <laughs> I, I lie a bit uh, okay, Whatever. so honestly, don't care about any of this. What do you actually do day to day? Like I like I'm really wondering oh, okay. about like what your actual like day to day is. Since like. my work uh, is numerical analysis, typically what we do is we, we decide on one of those large eddy simulation models, which is where all my research is. Uh, we decide on one of the models. Once we have a model, then what we do is we pick numerical schemes. And then what I do is I go around with different uh, kind of baseline problems, really uh, standard problems that are seen in publications. Like uh, there's, a like imagine a rectangle where on the lower left side, not all the way in the corner, but just off the corner, you have another rectangle that's kind of just like a block. Like if you can imagine in Tetris, just like one block. Just I've stuck really to a wall. like you lost me at some point. Can you How did it? How do you get lost? <laughs> it's a rectangle. rectangle. It's a rectangle. All right, so wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna rectangle. do this. The Here. rectangle is inside the rectangle. Down to the bottom. Yes. What I'm yeah, gonna do is I'm gonna take this very simple problem. And I'm gonna turn it into a harder problem that you understand. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, imagine someone took a pipe. Uh, and problem only mathematicians. So have. take a take a pipe and then someone just put a small piece of shit in the pipe in the way all right so there's, there's an obstruction in the pipe so then right. what i do got is it. i run i give it some boundary conditions i say i got flow in and i got let so That's if i got true. the flow in and then i let's say i have a, a, a no a no slip condition on the side so the derivative of the velocity zero on the boundaries and then on the out i just give it a do nothing boundary and then i let it go and see what happens and i watch eddies form well, so these are, these are baseline Eddie's gonna <laughs> kick my ass again <laughs> you better get a plunger. And what's so, happen. this th these pro these are base these are standard problems. So what I do is I run a whole bunch of different schemes under a whole bunch of different settings, and I just report the results. Okay, That's what so I do. so what you're saying is that you run a computer program and you put those results into Excel, and then you show them to somebody. So. What the thing is, though, a lot of these take so long to do that I actually have to commandeer half the computers in this office building, and I've done that. I've got half of these office buildings just churning out results for me. I've got I'm remote logging into computers all across the country that friends of mine have donated. That I have just been running simulations. I got a buddy of mine in like Canada who has a computer. He's got a couple old iMacs just that are still fast enough for me to run my simulations on. So I log into these things remotely, and he keeps sending me messages like, my kids are amazed at the swirls. And I'm like... <laughs> Dude, do you want it's, me to give you a login to my to my NAS? It can run virtual machines, too. It's like folding it home. <laughs> your net, your network-attached storage? That would it, be, it, it it is, would be it is, so slow. It is powerful enough to run uh, fully, uh, like, fully running virtual machines. If it runs a fully running virtual machine... At the equivalent processing. My power. NAS has a dual core processor. Thank you very much. But what much. kind of what kind? ARM, I'm sure. It's an Intel. What? Is it, yeah. right, so it's an Intel Adam. dual core. Okay. What's how much RAM? Uh, oh, that's important. You need at least four gigs to be able to. Oh, it's, it's it's a it's a four to an eight. 
Four to an eight gigs? In yeah. a NAS? Why? Why? Holy shit. I, I bet I could. I totally bet I could run it. Just to cash? I need, I need, I need at least. I have a 16 terabyte NAS for my storage. Thing. Yeah, I need... why do you need that much RAM and processing power? That's crazy. So because, I can run simulations because, on because, 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 why the hell because it functions as a server. That's why. Because it can function as a server. Like so, a, so you're calling it a NAS, but it, really, because it is a NAS. It's a server that also has storage. <laughs> See, but he keeps it in his closet, which he calls the NAS hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, I guess we got one last person who uh, needs to tell us what. Oh, they wait, do. wait, 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 wait! I thought we were supposed to go in order of appearance on no, the show. No, 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 no. That we was went, introductions. We went in yeah. a weird oh, okay. uh, because there's a good segue. Up order of most handsome. Yeah, that's why I talked first. That yeah, that's why you were on the left. The <laughs> oh, oh, so you're not okay. I'm, I'm handsome. All right, then I accept. <laughs> okay. you said, I accept. Wait, you said most handsome to least handsome. Down, is that what you're down up means because, no, no, no. Down, down, up, down, down up. Okay, we're so down up. up. Down up means sorry. that we're I'm not handsome. He's handsome. He's not handsome. You're handsome. Okay, that sounds yeah. about right. All, All right. right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna choose better words. Okay, so all all joking aside, Brandon, what the. I, like honestly, I have not talked to you for four years. Uh, I believe you got some sort of advanced degree now. Uh, so, uh, what is it that you do? And also, what degree do you have? Um, I work cur currently. I work for Konami Gaming, which is um. So not just <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sean! <laughs> I never have my sound on. Sean I never stay have his phone. You this asshole. I, I but I never. I'm sorry. But not those clicks. I turned only the, those are Facebook clicks, which are Wait, different. How clicks. many different kind of clicks do you have? <laughs> too many. Too many. That's oh why I always God. keep it on always mute, but I left oh. it on so I would know when this guy knocked on the door to open the door for him. So I wanted. Cares to about him. You <laughs> do. You care about him deeply. You just told me. You I, I did. <laughs> I, I witnessed. Okay. So all joking aside, Brandon, what is it that you do? So I devon. I on. Go on. <laughs> he divines. That's good. Yes. He divines. Just say. Just say. Uh, you find. You know. I find water in the desert. No. <laughs> yeah. I saw that stick. Um. So so you're water finding now. <laughs> no no no. What I meant to say is that I, I I design mathematical models for slot machines. That's that's really what I do. Okay. I so you're Excel, like so you're long. a professional asshole. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> We try to keep the players' interest right. in mind and what's fun for them, but so, so there's. Oh, sorry. Do you have just? Uh, do you, do you just do the math models? Do you have any say into like the game? Itself? No, no, no. We also, yeah, we also actually have asked. We also get to give our input into the actual game design. Ooh. Okay. So, so can you do? A so who designed Kitty Glitter? That's my favorite one. I Kitty Glitter. Actually, is amazing. I'm into Pink Diamond. <laughs> Guys, guys, I got a better one. We all went to school in guys, Boston. You, guys, <laughs> you, were, you were talking about some amateur hour slot machines here. Were you all about you... the sex in the city? No. <laughs> guys, will you just calm down and listen? This is very important. I saw the greatest slot machine of all time. Are you prepared for Rorschach riches? What? <laughs> I have not seen this one. I've seen a lot. You need to... What is going on? <laughs> I, we are maxing out the... Oh, no. Mics. Oh, we're hitting, we're hitting some peaks. Getting way too loud over here. We're getting excited. I thought she, I thought you didn't get excited anymore. I get excited all the time. She roar shark it. riches. So it's roar like shark. a shark with a roar shark. Okay, okay. So Sharknado, roar shark riches. Continue. So and it, guys, roar shark riches. All right. So so it's like roar shark test. Roar shark ink blots. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you line right. up all the different ink blots, like those are different ways, different combos. Like I don't know what that means. Like. Like, I, you know, I, I think I this no might be the best designed is. slot machine ever because no one can look at it and be like, I should have, I, I don't know. You're I schizophrenic you know, at the end and you, don't, you, you came into it perfectly healthy. We, I, play, I play some of these slot machines, right? We're, we're expected to go out and play and, and study our competitors' products. And I'll play some of these and I'm like, That's, why is this not paying? There's like 400 lines here. Why is it not playing? Why am I not winning anything? It's just... What's what's your day to day like when when you go through like what do you do for designing these things? Well, most of the time, I it it's all probability, so it, sometimes you can get pretty 
pretty crazy. Yeah, but... I don't like once again. Not but the again, math. Like, well, tell, tell uh, me what you're okay. actually doing. All right, all right. Well, shut up, shut up, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so it was times, a matter of time. Except for like Rorschach riches. That's the problem. One had to so say. sometimes <laughs> I go in and I sit down. I I stare at Excel for like eight hours a day. Okay, it's just staring at Excel, doing very basic probability calculations for the most part. Um, yeah. well, I, I can I can see why the one phone interview I had with a, a <laughs> slot game machine manufacturer went so badly. Well, well, like, there's some interesting there's some interesting things, but most times I sit there, I I figure out exactly what this game what this mechanic requires. So like, how how expensive is this mechanic for the game? Right, you have so much in and so much out. And so all the casino, all slot machines have to have a, have a negative expected value. They have to. You need, the house needs its advantage. Yeah. So it's my job to design these games with that in mind and to keep them within, you know, regulations and, ba and the correct bounds that there are. Now, these can range anywhere from 85% return to player um, to anything up to, I think New Jersey maxes out at 98. I think they're the highest that you can go. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> But other the places, spirit, they spirit has for example, very cheap flights to Atlantic City. But this it keeps on trying to make me fly there. But again, this spirit. isn't always just slot machines. There's uh, we work on other ones like a, we have a, we have dice games and, and card games and stuff like that. Non that and are what's, also what's video the more, games. most interesting of the games? That most you've played? interesting. Someone told me once, like, like from a mathematical perspective, like I mean, is is it the the normal like spinning slots? Is it like one of the video pokers or video dice or something like that? Dice is a pain in the ass. <laughs> so that just because when you start throwing in more dice, the the, the possibilities just get huge, and they're very. There's your intro. And <laughs> but when you're talking about slot machines, it's very simple. Everything you know, you're looking at discrete things here. So all the probabilities is is are they're usually very nice. They're whole numbers. Most of the time, um, a lot of times we have to do we have to wait thing we have to do weighted averages between things to get it to work out right. But in the end, it's just finding expected values. Like I do that like forty times in a row. It's so now that's not to say there isn't some exciting ones. Sometimes there's actually someone actually recently used a hypergeometric probability distribution, and I don't even remember the game what game it was. But they actually had to they actually looked that up. I had to use Catalan numbers. At one time, um, so there's some there's some higher level stuff in there, yeah. but <clears throat> it, most of the time it's just me si finishing these problems because they're very simple and just waiting and looking like I'm busy. Now someone asked me. <laughs> someone asked me what I do. No one cares, Sam. Sam, um, please don't tell us what you do. Uh, let's let's talk more about what I do. No, no. Better yet, let's let let's make. <laughs> Let's combine these fields and make we'll some amalgamation. Okay. Well, us, I'm, I'm going to talk I, about what I do. The three of oh, us I, will take turns guessing what I just do. have a very yeah. oh, important first question. <laughs> Nathan, are you happy with what you do? Uh, only medium. Brandon, are you thrilled and happy with what you do? It varies from day to day. How do you feel? Sounds today? like a medium. Today feels pretty good. Okay. That's good. Good's good. I had a good day too, but Sean, yeah. how do you feel about what you do? I can't wait to be done with school. <laughs> I cannot yes. wait. Guys out there in Radio Land, I can't wait to be done with school. And when I am done, if you're listening to this and <laughs> you happen to be the chairperson of a math department at maybe a four-year university, you should consider hiring me. Anyway, <laughs> so, I uh, could, so I could do something So, new. So I, I will, I will uh, say a little bit about what I do because I still, like, I, or at least when I tell people what I do, I say I was trained as a mathematician. I still think of myself as a mathematician. I have a published mathematics paper like that makes me feel like I am a mathematician but my my day-to-day -day is very very different in that I can't remember the last time that I did a mathematical problem that was not one that everyone in the world runs runs into in a day-to-day -day, like a planning a schedule or a figuring how little money that I have in my bank account <laughs> which is very very little uh, right now uh, and so <laughs> uh, everyone, Sean just showed his farmer's hand. It is hilarious. It, it's a very, very <laughs> intense. That's that is. Uh, like, I mean, I'm I, like I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm not that far off. But wow, I, I I also I also bicycle a lot. I feel like I'm it, back in Pennsylvania with, yeah. all, these, with all these hicks. And stuff. Uh, I mean, so, and so and no, so my my day to day is is very different in that like I spend I spend my days. Uh, researching about mathematicians instead of researching mathematics. I read 
a lot. I've read so many things about mathematics and about mathematicians and about interesting problems, trying to figure out who I'm going to talk to. And then the rest of my time is spent uh, interviewing people and then editing those interviews and then doing sound design and all of that, that kind of audio stuff. Uh, and unlike the rest of you, I can say <laughs> that I'm very happy with what I do. <laughs> no surprise there. Like, I love, I love uh, what it is that I do. But I, I have a different question. It's not that, that different. Uh, so I'm going to start with Brandon, since he was, I made him answer last in the last one. Uh, how does this line up with what you thought you were going to be doing as a mathematician? Well, I'll never, I won't, I won't admit to actually saying that I never had a plan, but <laughs> I really didn't have a plan for the most part. Um, so, so did you never like, was academics, uh, ac I mean, academia not, I, not I study mathematics because I love mathematics. I love the challenge. I love the, I love learning new things and I can't live a day without learning something new. So I love the challenge in it and it's great. So the problem, so problem solving is a big deal to me. Um, I never actually thought I would be in this industry in, in casino entertainment, but the challenges change every day. So it's, it never gets boring. And it's, I never thought I would be here, but it's a, it's fun. It's some fun stuff. So, I mean, in, so since you never had a plan, you can't really answer. Yeah, it? yeah. I, I Originally, I thought maybe I'd like to go into academia, but then just the politics and the bullshit, I just got, I just got fed up with it. So now I can actually do math instead of, you know. So like, like how much, how much actual mathematics would you say that you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Mathematics? Well, uh, mathematics, like, big, or little m mathematics. Like, mathematics as, as a whole thing, instead of big m, like, research. It's, it, so, it's, little, little m math. I do, I do lots of, I set up lots of equations and lots of calculations. So, I so, do math so you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're really, like, in the weeds and you're actually yeah. doing it. Okay. Plugging and chugging. How about you? How, how does this line up with what you, what you were thinking uh, your life was going to be? I never thought I would go into academia, and I didn't. I always thought that I would be writing... Um, computer code that 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 was really mathy in nature and that's that's what I've done in both of my jobs um, and well, so it lines up it lines up pretty pretty good I've, I've I found out that um, uh, there are there are many days where I wish I had a computer science degree instead and many days where I'm so glad I don't have a computer science degree so that I know different things than everybody else. Because the people that get the computer science degree and do um, do programming type of stuff end up having to like you know connect buttons to actions. Yeah, as you say, like do you get it's boring and awful? Yeah, yeah, do you get do you get more interesting problems right, because yeah. you're the math guy? Yeah, so I've always I've I'd like Brandon. I've always liked problem solving, and I've always liked uh, um, the challenge. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The challenge of of solving a problem and and. Using a computer to solve problems has its own. I mean, it seems like you know, you know like if Sean talks about how he sets up programs and puts them on a bunch of computers, but but um, I, I mean, I've done I've done my share of that. But I, I I like coming up with the thing that will run on computers. You still have to plan out the algorithm most times. You still have to make a plan. Right, that's just what's an mathematician do. in right. you. That's all that is. Like, there's the old joke that's like an engineer and a mathematician live next to each other, and both of their houses are on fire. They both identically run into the garage. They both see the fire extinguisher. And the engineer grabs the fire extinguisher, puts out the fire. The mathematician sees the fire extinguisher and says, well, there exists a solution. <laughs> That's all that done. matters. <laughs> I'm done. It's I wash my hands. Well, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, Let the peons figure it out. <laughs> the, the stuff that I studied when I was in school was, was extremely theoretical. I was doing set theory and foundations of math, proving things about provability, which is... It's just crazy. It's crazy <laughs> stuff. It's useless. Well, I just, it's, it's quite detached. Um, Your specific area. <laughs> I, I, it was it was quite useless. Not entirely useless, but quite useless. And um, and then and then occasionally I would like build something out of wood, and I'd just be like, "What the hell? That's what? a real thing I just did with my time." I I, I want to point out Wait, that, that that I was there. When Nathan made a couple of things, because Nathan and I used to used to be roommates, and I would all of a sudden just hear like, "Woo!" and be like, "Oh, Nathan just made something physical." 
Like, yeah. like what I could are you just talking tell. about? I, I, I've never seen any of these weird structures. No, they, they were nothing. From what I remember, nothing was like super like amazing or impressive. It was just, it was just like things. anything you physical. Make, when or, you're in set theory, if you put together right. a thing from yeah. IKEA, it's amazing. Or, or even yeah, so. I, I got into image processing was my first job and, and, and stuff like that. And then you at least get a picture of something when you're done, which felt incredible to, to see something instead of just have insane, abstract, highly dimensional craziness that really means nothing. Um, so I, I like I like what I'm doing now a lot more than what I did as a graduate student. <laughs> so what, what about you, Sean? You're, you're still in grad school. Like, how does this, like, compare to to your thoughts when you when you came in uh i th i have a two-part answer uh the 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 easy answer is i think i'm doing almost exactly what i thought i'd be doing uh because what i'm doing is applied math and it's just kind of i say it's easy lowercase e with a barry bonds asterisk like to think <laughs> that about was barry bonds asterisk He's on steroids. How do you think he bites as much as he does? He's just juicing. Yeah. <laughs> got that. Got that That's the thing I've never understood. Those performance enhancing drugs. How yeah. does juicing and steroids help a biker? Can you? It doesn't. That? They do blood doping. They, it's a, it's they a, it's do a, a different completely thing. different thing, and okay. I could explain okay. offline to listeners are not interested. I have no idea, because but, I don't uh, care. It's called blood doping. It sounds super awesome. Right, but super the second part of that answer is that I think that the question is only a tiny bit flawed. And I think that math is almost universally unique in that no one that walks into math saying, I want to study math, has fuck all idea what math is. <laughs> they don't even, honestly, like, I'm in my fifth year of a PhD program. I think I only barely now understand what math is. And I'm pretty sure in 10 years, I'm going to be like, I was way wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I like to hear you say that you think you understand. I'm like, no, no, Exactly. No. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So like to say, like, dude, it's did this line point. up with your expectations? If anyone says yes, then they're not answering ex completely they're not like, answering like, like like it's weird because i feel like personally that i have a a decent grasp on what mathematics is but not not because of anything i've done it's not it's not a personal grasp it's a grasp that i have entirely because i talk to so many people and like and because i've talked to people who've done everything i've talked to ceos of dating websites and i've talked to people who have made movies now and and i've talked to academic mathematician i've talked to the you know uh, research managers at microsoft research and so like i feel like i might have a decent grasp on what math is but only because i know that it is literally anything only well, yeah you've had so many yeah so many and, people to give you so many different and it's like, like i don't i don't know what math is for me i just know what math is for like the community i think like yeah, you have i think you have a good idea of what the math community is yeah but the but so space aliens land tomorrow and they're like they they hold up a, their fingers in the shape of a gun, and they're like, "Tell <laughs> us what math is," and you're what's your answer? Screw you! T you tell me. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Screw so you. you got here. You tell me. You're the yeah. you're the aliens. Yeah. I think I think I think my answer would probably be something along the lines of, "Well, it's less than I thought because you're here." <laughs> <laughs> like, or no 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 it, it's it's uh the math that i what i think is math is less than you think is like it's not less than i thought it's more than i thought because you were here like i think like, the, the easiest answer i could ever give is like you give me two facts i'm gonna do my best to give you three and like that's it like, like for for me as, as far as i can tell I like is, <laughs> is math mathematics is the uh logical study of anything that is quantifiable what quantifiable? Yeah, well, that implies. That implies. Who cares about quantifiability? Yeah, quantifi that implies yeah. some order. No, no, no. Yeah, then incomparability. It, it, it does. It does us. not. It, it it implies that it's not qualitative. That's the only thing that it what? implies. What you, you think you can't do math on qualitative thing, things? I, you can, math is logic. You can apply it to literally anything. Math Doesn't is, have to be math is logic. You heard it here. <laughs> It's, okay, math is logical study. Well, that's, logic that's is a subset a... of math. Math is logical <laughs> study. Like it's it's the one the one thing that every single study of mathematics that I've ever run into from anywhere is that um, 
you you have to have some sort of uh, logical set of steps. That's the, that's the only thing that I found. And and so something has to follow from something else. There's always there's always a bedrock, and it's always built up. Like that's, that's, girdles. That's what, that's what You're I like about Sean's, Sean's definition. Give me two facts, I'll give you a third. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the practice of math, not necessarily yeah. the idea. Oh, like yeah. what's I mean, but like the think of like girdle incompleteness. Now you have to take something for granted. But no, you don't have to take something for granted from girdle's incompleteness. You have to be okay with the fact that there's things that you cannot prove. But I thought if you had a logical, <laughs> if if you had a logical system and any in that logical, there will system, exist something that is true that you cannot prove. Right, so that's something you take for granted. Not necessarily because you don't you don't necessarily know exactly what that thing is. This is why I didn't get into foundations and shit. Let's talk. Let's talk to the set. Are we really going to foundations here? I've been reading an interesting book lately. It's actually about cooking. It's called Cooked, in fact, by Michael. But but he he mentions a couple times something called negative capability or something, which is just comfort with uncertainty. And sure as hell, coming out of a math degree. I had to become comfortable with uncertainty. But I mean, that's that's knowing new that in I do not know most things and being okay with that and charging forward anyway. That is what math gave me. I think. Math well, but that's me. but that's a relatively new thing in mathematics. That's true. Because it used to be that it's, mathematics it's like was old, was comfort in certainty. Because the things, and, and it still is to some point, it's both of them. It just doesn't give you the middle ground. Because the things in mathematics that you know, you know. Like, I mean, provided, provided that you believe in the axiomatic structure that underlies whatever area of mathematics yeah. that you're studying, the things that you prove, like, you're, you're comfortable with those. Those are true. Uh, but then you also have to be okay with the fact that the continuum hypothesis is not provable. Yeah. You, you, you don't know. It works either way because it, it, fall, it's, it falls in there. It's undecidable. And so you have to have, now you have to have both of them. But before Gödel, like, the, the belief, especially like Russell and Whitehead, you had a belief in the absolute certainty of mathematics. And so this idea that it can give you the Socratic all that I know is that I know nothing idea is, mm. is a relatively new part of mathematics that, uh, that only people in the 20th century and now the 21st have had to grapple with. But that's the, that's all I studied in my graduate program. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was in those world. classes. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was not. So while you guys were off over there, worried you, about you were, the... you were not, you were not yeah. a student here yet. When yeah. we were in those classes, I, I think, yeah. those were the most. To be in them, those were the most mind-numbing classes there. I ever the only thing I got out of it, I, I think, well, not the only thing, but I, I think what I take away is that I am so cool with being wrong, all the oh, time. Yeah. It makes me better in relationships. Like Sean, you are just wrong. Just say, just say, just, yes, just, just, just right. Does it? Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm sorry you're right. That's all I know. <laughs> I probably yield like a tenth of the time. No, like, I think that like I've just become profoundly okay with being like Sean, you are wrong. Like probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, yeah. But I think that's So so what like what role do you feel that uh being wrong in what you're doing? Like like what part of a role does that have to play in you being a mathematician? The entire part until the very end. When you're right. Other other voices? Anyone else? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Else? So like like, it, how often are you like like? Do you have to be very in in the work that you do? Do you have to be to get very used to being wrong a lot of the time? Oh yeah, there's a lot of wrong. I get things wrong a lot, <laughs> and then um, but it's it's you you come up. It's like drafting any kind of writing. You 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 have a ton of mistakes, and you go back and you fix them because things are <laughs> the logic is not right. So you got to go back and fix everything. So all the time I'm wrong. Nathan's just apparently always no, right. I don't. <laughs> yeah, work. this guy don't. Um, I yeah. Uh, that that was one of the things where when I was starting my undergraduate degree, I was used to being right and and would argue to try to be right. And and you can stay being right through a lot of undergraduate, which is not always helpful yeah. when you get to grad school. And but so then eventually I switched to to I would change my arguing pattern to I'd I'd be very comfortable proving someone wrong. And then they'd get mad at me because I didn't defend my own 
thing. And I was like, I wasn't even postulating anything. All I was saying was you were wrong. Um, and then, if, and then, <laughs> it's no, not, that's it's a mathematical that argument. Oh my, my god! No, my, yeah. my, I did. I defended it perfectly. My argument was not you. <laughs> but like, I think that the more the more I studied and the more I I learned, the more I was less comfortable even telling someone they're wrong because there's like like being being comfortable with sort of like fuzzy, weird, partial truths and stuff like that. And to say someone's wrong is to is to take a overly simplistic like yeah you're wrong but there's truth in your in your wrongness just small amounts of it and and eventually that started to peak up and so now I just don't argue. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's, I I'm glad like I never never developed that. People are still still wrong. And they're wrong a lot when they don't agree with me. This is a, <laughs> this is an important development for Nathan because Nathan is getting married soon. <laughs> so that that might be wrong. <laughs> I don't argue. Uh, no, what, no, just say no. what's what's your fiance's email address? I'm just gonna email that that clip. I really have to pee. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be really, back. really, we're gonna we're gonna I... pause. Okay, so what was the last thing we were talking about? Oh, what presentation um, suit? It peeing. doesn't. Talking about peeing. Yeah, we were talking about peeing. I uh, there was something <laughs> what about mathematics was in his arguments. I know. Yeah, argue, Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I can just I can yeah. just start with another question. Hey, so I, I guess that means uh, like we should we should do some sort of a wrap up here. And and since this has all been about like what mathematicians do, like I I want to know from all of you uh, in your head, what does a mathematician do? Because I'm willing to bet that it's still different from what you do, even though all of you are mathematicians. So, like, in your head. Uh, so I started with everyone but Sean. So we'll start with Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that shocked face. Uh, so when you, like, if someone asked you, what does a mathematician do, what would you say? You've exceeded my ability to think on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's only a matter of time. I'm surprised it didn't happen already. I think... A mathematician... It, well, it depends on the type of mathematician we're talking about. Because, like, there are mathematicians with... So, you see, yeah, you're, not you're like... hedging. You're being a mathematician. Just what does a mathematician <laughs> do? If someone, had to, if, if someone came up to you, like, tell me in three sentences what the day-to-day -to -day to a math, for a mathematician is, what would you say? If any of you guys have a better answer than what I just gave, <laughs> it's a goddamn miracle. You're first. Miracle. They get to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, ultimately, I mean, idealistically, a mathematician's goal for the day is to confirm or expand math. Like to, to that, like that's their goal. That's that's the end goal, isn't it? It's like to it's to do work leading up to expanding math in new and interesting ways. See, because like in my head, still, if someone asked me what a mathematician did on a day to day basis, I would say that they uh, probably went to a university, they uh, instructed some students. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay. but, but I mean, like, that's, like, like, math, that's like, what that's well, what you well, did to become a mathematician. Well, no, but, but like, but like in my head, the, well, I'm just saying, like, like the stereotype, like in my head, it's still my idea of mathematician is still an academic mathematician. They probably instructed some students. They probably did some work on whatever their research is. It doesn't matter. They may have written on a whiteboard. They may have done numerical calculations. They may have done a lot of different things. They probably did some research, and then they probably did some administrative work. All right, so like in so, my head, that's still like a day-to-day, -day, like a legitimate day-to-day -day work of what a mathematician does. I mean, a certain portion of mathematicians, sure. Yeah, well, but, no, but I was, I was saying, a, like, as you said, it's a stereotype. Yeah, it's, it's very narrow-minded. So, like, like not... in my mind, a mathematician is not doing what, what say you and Nathan are doing, and I'm not saying that you're not mathematicians. Well, no, no, no. I'm like, just saying, like in my head, that's still what it is. Right, and I think that's what a lot of people think too. All right, to be honest, I completely missed. I, I thought you were asking, like, like what what is a what? <laughs> Honestly, I thought your question the was way more complicated than it wound up being. I didn't realize yeah, you were saying like legitimate six a.m. Take yes. a poop. Six thirty. Six thirty a.m. Well, that's Eat what I'm. That's, that's what I'm legitimately Seven, interested in. What the day to day. Of a, of a mathematician actually is. 
7.30 a.m. Arguing that all politicians are stupid as you slam the newspaper onto the table. That's about normal. That's everyone. Up until that's well, everyone. Can we get to the point where they <laughs> diverge from yeah. everyone else? So a mathematician would never defend any politician. They'll just attack <laughs> all politicians. That's about that's, right. That's no, no, true. a mathematician would completely reject equivocation. <laughs> <laughs> If I win, <sighs> okay. Yeah. So, so Brandon, like, like in your head, like, what does a mathematician do? Because you're you're not you're not an academic. You're no. in industry. So, like, in your head, has what a mathematician does day to day changed? Um, I don't know. Say if it's changed. My opinion of what mathematicians do and what makes mathematicians is, I you know, I would say that mathematicians are problem solvers. Whether that happens to be a problem in academia or in industry or any other aspect of the real world, they're solving pro they're solving problems that other people can't, and well, not necessarily can't, but don't really have the balls to do so, or even the stones. <laughs> how about huevos? How about ovaries? <laughs> can, can we include all genders? Yeah, There's Lord. a lot of people that actually shy away from these problems, and they don't—they have no interest in it, or they—they they don't have the background to do it. But a mathematician. So, is so what you're saying is, is when there's a problem and there's no one around to solve it, instead of the Ghostbusters, you you say call a mathematician. That's right. Well, okay, Nathan. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story, I guess. Oh, oh, um, oh my God. He actually understands yeah. how to do audio. <laughs> uh, well, so one of, the, one of the moments where I felt most like a mathematician in my job was not, I, I, a whiteboard was not involved. There was no equations at all. Um, I sat, uh, there was this weird problem with our 3D printers. They were leaving these scars on objects um, that we called stalactites, and we were trying to figure out what the hell caused these, these stalactites to appear. Um, and... What I did is I sat down with someone who'd been trying to figure it out for two weeks, and he still hadn't figured it out. Um, but he had no, he now knew everything around the problem, every question. And so I went through and walked through the entire process with him and asked him every question I could come up with and questioned every assumption. Um, and so I think that that is really what a mathematician does, is question assumptions. And once you question all the assumptions, you end up identifying where the problem needs to be or something but but how does that still how does that translate to a day-to-day -day? like what what does that mean actually doing do you just have to like s like stick around in meetings and just be the jerk who's like that's i'm sorry you're making an assumption yeah. you so shouldn't the, do that that no, doesn't some, make you a jerk it just, just makes you some CEO. It just makes you a mathematician. It makes you thorough. <laughs> some CEO is like, so check out this zip code. We don't have a whole lot of customers in this zip code. Some guy's like, no, you actually have a choice. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in this. <laughs> so yeah, still, how does that translate to a day to day? Like, I mean, that's. I mean, I don't think that you're wrong about that's what a mathematician does. Like in a in a philosophical idea, but how does that translate into what you? do I mean usually I'm doing the work of a software engineer but the times when I really feel like a mathematician are those times when I'm really trying to lay things out and build anything from foundational assumptions and build up from there and so so it, it, it's I mean, what the times when I feel like a mathematician are when I'm really formalizing a problem and then approaching it in a much more rigorous sense. And, and is that still like how you would, if someone asks what a mathematician does, like they, they, on a day-to-day -day basis, that, is that, that what you would say? I mean, a mathematician that's acting as a mathematician, obviously a mathematician wears many hats, everybody wears many hats. A mathematician can also be a husband, a father, a, a teacher, whatever. But, but when a mathematician is acting as a mathematician, I think that he's applying rigor and identifying assumptions and logical conclusions to a problem. It, well, on that, for... I just forgot everyone's name. Uh, for <laughs> Sean Breckling, Brandon Metz, and Nathan Rowe, I am Samuel Hansen. This is Combinations and Permutations, or Relatively Prime, or I don't even know. I don't remember at this point. It's uh, not Radiolab. 
<laughs> it's not Radio Lab. What about uh, This American Life? It's probably not This American Life. <laughs> I guarantee it's not This American <laughs> Life. <laughs> Nor is it Serial on the media, 99% Invisible, It Lemon might be Radio. WTF with Mark Maron. It, it is not WTF with Mark might... Maron. It's not Bullseye. It's not Jordan Jessica. It's not Stop, po- Stop Yo, Podcasting Yourself. It's not things. The Heart. It's not any of the hundred other podcasts like You Look Nice Today I could name right now. This is Combinations of Permutations, and I want to wish you all a matherific week. Oh, no, no. Bye. That is all the time that we have for this episode of Combinations and Permutations. To find out more about this, go listen to Relatively Prime, relprime.com, where there's interviews with people who aren't just guests on Combinations and Permutations. If you want to send me any feedback, that's samuel at acmescience.com, my personal email address. And to find out more about the show or to listen to old episodes, head on over to acmescience.com. The music that you heard on this episode was from SP12. You can find them over at archive.org. And really, thank you so much for providing all that music for 72 episodes, most of which we did four years ago, which is crazy to think about. This podcast is, as always, a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike licensed podcast, so feel free to remix me saying something really stupid. Just say you got it from Combinations and Permutations and AcmeScience.com. Maybe even toss my name, Samuel Hansen, into the mix. And once again, go listen to Relatively Prime. It's awesome. Much better than this show. Go listen. Go listen now. Have a math week, y'all. <laughs>